Hello and welcome back to the Cafe Hustle podcast and to this episode where I'm chatting to Adam Pritchard, who is the founder of Linford Gray Associates. And now they're a accountancy firm who have got a great deal of experience of working with hospitality businesses across the UK. But we're going to be looking at some of the big mistakes that they see people make and certainly their newer clients in hospitality and also how they are helping their clients adjust to the changing landscape that hospitality is at the minute. And then after that, we're going to get into some of their top tips on how they can help people achieve their big wins in their business. So we're going to get straight into this episode after we get back from thanking our sponsors. Do you want to save you and your manager's time spent on admin, help you save on labor costs and make life easier for your team members? Why don't you check out Road to Cloud, which is used by more than 4,000 businesses. It's a people management platform for shift-based teams and it can really change how you run your business. Try for free for 30 days by visiting thecafehustle.com forward slash Road to Cloud and change how you run your business forever. So Adam, thank you very much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Andy. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. We've we've just been sharing our stories of <laughs> the trials and tribulations of having children, which is uh, yeah. so. I know now that I'm not the only one in this no. boat of one thing after another and one cold after another, as you're now experiencing. So, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. joys, and the joys. Absolutely, yeah. It's a full package. <laughs> so we're going to be talking today about or certainly from an accountant point of view for hospitality businesses and some of the tips and tricks that you guys are either see or recommend to people or the mistakes that you're seeing people making in the hospitality world. And there's no doubt at the minute it's getting tougher for people in the hospitality industry, wherever they sit in in there, whether it's in coffee shops or even hotels, short-term rental stuff. But I'm going to start off again with massive about values mission and vision on the cafe hustle what's your mission as an individual and as a business uh, as an individual uh and as a business i suppose uh, my mission is to maximize the potential of both you know i want to do incredibly well for myself and my family uh and i want the business to do incredibly well uh for ev- all of its stakeholders including you know the team that, the team that work here and and the client base I think, you know, if we're getting really specifically into the mission of Linford Gray, it's to provide uh, scalable, high quality finance functions from anything from compliancy all the way through to, you know, top level strategic and advisory work uh, to SMEs. And in, and in, and one of the ways that we do that, or, you know, is by by cultivating a very collaborative relationship with our client base focusing on the uh, integration of technology so that we can automate you know data pipelines uh, and bring business owners closer to their numbers with a seamless finance function yeah it's really important in the, certainly for for smaller businesses to have access to certainly the financial numbers as quickly as possible because we have to be so reactive and even more so now with the way inflation is going we can't afford to wait six weeks before we get up-to-date numbers we need to be known week on week where where we're where we're missing out on an opportunity and where we need to to maybe tighten our belts with a few things or or you know adapt the business quickly so that a problem doesn't get any worse 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think having transparency over those key KPIs uh, is really really critical. So you know, knowing your wet versus your dry GP, knowing your salaries, percentage of your revenue, your rent as a percentage of your rent, knowing if you're creeping above them. And I think one of the things that we've seen, uh, and the and, and that the, and the, the businesses we're working for have benefited from, is you know the ability to get a very quick view and understanding of oh, okay. My two, my the impact of oh my my GP dropped by two percent this month, and I spent an extra two grand on, in my overheads, and therefore my bottom line is not what it should be or I thought it would be, and that's been really critical for them. So it's for them to then make the change and to get disciplined again, because that's easy to let it slip. It's easy to let it slip, isn't it? When you think, oh you know I think we're doing okay. It's very different from actually I've got that bottom line. And, and last month we only just broke even, or last month we only made we 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 undershot the the, the forecast performance. Yeah, we're we're an industry of tight margins, and mm. I, I, with things now squeezing those margins, it doesn't take much for a very small profit to turn into a small loss, or even worse, a bigger loss. And like you say, it's it's working so closely with those numbers that you can be able to say there's an issue here so just talk yeah. us through your story now what is what's the background of your journey but also journey. the origin story of lymphic gray okay sure uh well i actually started my uh sort of professional life as an actor and a performer on the west end stage uh so i was doing that in my early 20s before i realized i didn't want to do that anymore uh, I had I had other skill sets that I wanted to put to use. I wanted to be in, in more control of my life and all those things. So I trained as an accountant uh, in London uh, with the ACCA. I got a job, well, and you know, I got a job in a in I got a job in re, in a related industry in a film production company where I was where I was a finance junior. I moved from there into a partnership and a consultancy. Uh, finished up my studies. And uh, that whole partnership consultancy made my department redundant. And at that point, you know, I sort of thought, well, I can do this on my own and I can do this better than, I've, than it's been done in the partnership. I'm going to go completely cloud-based uh, and I'm going to go, I'm going to start for myself. And so I was sort of, I started the business, you know, we're against at a desk in my, in a flat in London, you know, at the wall for 15 hours a day, just, picking up, you know, picking up clients where I could get them, networking for those clients. Uh, and my wife is still an actor. So when she stopped, the, her last sort of job in the West End before she moved into TV and film was in Dreamgirls. So she stopped that. Uh, and at that point, we didn't need to be in London. So I said, well, let's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sort of isolated, working so long and so hard in at the desk in the flat. Let's move back to Leicestershire. She's not from far away from, and Leicestershire is where I was born. She's not from far away. She's in Warwickshire. Uh, and I'll take a small office. So I took a small office at the back of a farm uh, and re and branded, rebranded. I was sort of, oper I was operating un under my own sort of steam there. And then I rebranded Linford Grey and we went, we went big and we went hard and, and that's the sort of origin of story of Linford Gray. We, we did that in late 2018. Since then, we've just been going great, great guns. We've grown the team. We've grown revenues. We've grown our reputation. We've won awards. So 
and it was all based around you know we can deliver quality scalable services consistently across any client base because we understand technology better than anybody else out there and that led us into sort of hospitality businesses because it was rife with you know problems experienced around cash control and all of those types of things and and we could provide solutions for that so what was the, was it just that opportunity is the reason you went down the hospitality route and do you work just solely with hospitality businesses no no we work with lots of different businesses across the spectrum we've just developed a little bit of a niche in that area uh the re- the, it first came about because uh, we were approached by a couple of venues quite simultaneously uh, that were struggling and they weren't getting the support they needed from their accountancy provider, one of the big ones. Uh, and they didn't have that, and not just the support, you know, sort of like, oh, I emailed them three weeks ago and I haven't heard from them. But when they, you know, they weren't getting their management information, when it got to them, it didn't make much sense to them. There was no follow up to say, well, this is how it's prepared. This is what it means for you, which is like there, there are some numbers on a, on a sheet for you uh, and a traffic light system to tell you whether it's good, bad or ugly. Uh, and so they wanted a much closer relationship. They were prepared to invest in that relationship. And I was prepared to, at that point uh, in the journey, work for less money to learn. And so it was a sort of, it was a nice symbiosis of, and there was a, an appropriate value exchange there. And so we just dug in for those companies and we said, well, let's get you on zero. Okay, great. You're on zero. Let's put you on an EPOS software system that integrates with zero. And we've sort of gone on on that journey as well. Well, that was a good one and that was a bad one. And actually this one does it really well for us. We think this one does it really well. Uh, and so we got into that journey and in, in so doing and working closely with those guys, speaking to them, I speak to some of my, uh, you know, client, my bigger, my bigger hospitality clients on a weekly basis. Uh, we have a, a weekly Wednesday call where we just check in and we look at the variances and we talk about the the business in the industry and the and the capacity and whether it's going to and whether we think they're coming back from COVID and whether the rail strikes are, uh, are detrimentally impacting revenue and just those kind of those kinds of things. Uh, but having that close contact, you you benefit from the experience of those owners. I was I I am an accountant, uh, not a venue owner, and we've been up and seen those venues. And you really, um, it was really eye-opening to see them and be toured around them because you really do understand, okay, just like accountancy is a craft, you know, you've got to learn it, you've got to, you've got to hone it, you've got to be passionate about it to be good at it. The touches and, and, and the, the way they thought about putting these venues together and their offer, and not just, you know, we sell, you know, it's, I think it's easy to think, oh, I'll set up, I'll set up a, a venue and we'll, and we'll sell some drinks and some food. Okay, that's, that's like the base like the way they crafted their offer from down to soft furnishings down, you know, the, the general, the general culture of that site was, was spot on. And you really, and you really sort of understand, okay, there's a craft here. Uh, and it's not an easy industry to enter into or be successful at. No, it's, it's one thing, like you say, any, anyone really can set up a space and provide food, provide drink to their customers but again, one of the big things we talk about, in addition to the values, mission, and vision, is the guest experience, and that is what we're selling. We're not, we don't necessarily just sell coffee because anyone can get that from 
even now at home, it's it's mm. relatively easy to get good quality coffee, but people come out for that experience of interacting with every part of the venue from the staff to the decor to the seating and little details mm. like that, like you're talking about. That's the that's the difficult thing to get right to make sure you're getting people coming back again and again. Now, in your working with hospitality businesses, what are some of the big mistakes then that you're or you've been seeing? What is it about uh, hospitality that brings those mistakes into play? Uh, what are the big mistakes? That's, the, that's a difficult one because our clients don't make that many now. That's a good thing uh, to know. <laughs> I would say one of the big things you see and one of the big things that I don't like to see are venues that still operate on Excel sheets. When somebody hands you an, when somebody hands me an Excel sheet of their sales, I know I already know that this is a, this is going to be a problem and that this venue doesn't have a, a, a proper grasp of their numbers there's no way they could uh not like that and the account and the accounts is made difficult so i think that's a big problem i think anybody that's still working with an excel sheet uh has a problem and they need to they need to move into the cloud we would suggest obviously we would suggest zero because we're zero award winners and we work exclusively with the platform, but we would suggest zero. They need an EPOS system that integrates. They need to automate that function, not just because uh, it does facilitate, you know, uh, a smooth and efficient data pipeline, which gives you the numbers, which increases transparency, which makes that information more accessible, democratizes the performance of the business. Uh, But also because, you know, if ever, those HMR, you know, those H- HMRC come in and say, so show me what you've got. You know, you can go to an off-the-shelf software to, you know, you can go an off to off-the-shelf software systems and say, the sales come in here, they get pushed into here, and we reconcile and, and report them here. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Move on and all and all. And the VAT and the paid outs and the variances are all recorded. Thanks very much. And you, you know, no issues, no problems. So I think I think that's I think that's a big problem. I think the other problem that we're seeing is probably a little bit more topical uh, and and less probably less less traditionally systemic in the industry is that a lot of the venues we're talking to post COVID are waiting to see if business will return like it did. I've got a lot of venues that were like, you know, this venue this venue did 120 150 grand a month pre COVID, and they're still. Uh, you know, there's still 75, 80% capacity and it's hard. And we keep hearing, you know, this would, this would have been fine pre pandemic. And so I think there is, I think there is an emerging trend that perhaps life has changed. Perhaps we need to start considering, or at least behaving like it's not going to return and we need this venue to work at this level. So how can we make that happen? I think that's a really big problem. That's a big problem. And the other one is, and the other, and the other one is again, cash control. I don't like, I don't, you know, I want to be able, I want to be able to look in the balance sheet and, and reconcile that back and, and say, right, so your site has X amount of cash on site according to our accountancy package. What does the EPOS system say versus what do you have? Okay, and I want to be able to say, boom, I want to see it all. And I think there's, and I think we're really with the with the framework that we've got in place. So we 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 are we are advocating for all of our clients to put a system called BarTab in place by Tabology, because we find it very transparent. Now that doesn't mean just plug and play it; you have to work with it. 
uh, like most technology, you have to get into it, all that sort of, sort of stuff. But it does provide that transparency at site level where you can say, I've got five grand of cash on site. What do you have? We've got five grand of cash on site. What does the EPOS system say? You should have five grand from the cash ups, five grand of cash. Great. Wonderful. I want that. I, think, I want that level. Yeah. It's really important. And I think you're touching on certainly the EPOS system now. Just even in that sense, you know, certainly looking at how much your sales are, and even from a COGS point of view, because a lot of people I know will generally, whatever they purchase, will go into COGS. And actually then when you start looking at what you've got sitting in the back Mm -hmm. on the shelf, you're actually inflating your COGS figure if you're not taking into account what you've got remaining that you've bought that week. And even that Mm -hmm. is, and certainly like the big thing for me is when I speak to people is, if we're ever in a position where we need to be or want to sell our business, it grows to a point where it makes sense to move it on and someone else to take it over. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want is having years of figures being all over the place that actually don't really reflect what the business is doing. Cause ultimately that can affect the overall value of the business at the time of sale. Absolutely. I think, I think you speak to a really important point actually, which is, uh, <clears throat> Why are we running this business? Are we running this business yeah. just so I can take a salary and, and have a nice life and have an, and have a comfortable life? Or are we running, are we, or am I running this business with a view to exiting and, and making some real money upon that exit? And if it's the, and you know, if it's, and if it's about exiting on whatever time frame, building that consistency into your numbers is going to be really important. And then at a, at a more micro level on a month to month level or, or, you know, week to week, even knowing what your closing stock position is is really is really important because what you what we often see or is is a is a gross profit margin that will wave you know it'll be, it will do that and that's a, that's that's an indication to us that okay we need some opening and closing stock figures here and that's that and that's the part that you're missing because if you're if you are dealing with low margins if then just one one or two percent on the gp line makes a huge difference What's your usual response when staff call in to say they're not going to make it into work? Are you frantically texting, emailing, sending WhatsApp messages in an effort to find cover by the time you open the doors? I know I've been there before, but there is a really easy way to deal with it. Road to Cloud is a people management platform that allows you to communicate directly with your staff and find replacements fast. They've got a great option to leave open shifts for people to take them, or you can quickly assign someone else that shift. With 24-7 access to the rotor and shift updates immediately sent out across the team, staff can notify you if there's a problem, and you can even set up your employees so they can arrange their own cover, saving you the headache. Transform both yours and your team's experience when it comes to setting up the rotors and trying to deal with issues like this when they arise. Head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash rotorcloud to start your 30-day free trial and see the difference that rotorcloud can make for your team. So what would you recommend then in terms of you open and close and stock figures where, what sort of duration or intervals would you have between them? Are you, when you're talking about open and closing, you're talking about daily open and closing or are we talking no, we, greater we than that? Because I know when we took over, yeah. well, when we started getting a handle on it, I went to weekly stock takes just because, yeah. and again, coming back to what we spoke to at the beginning, it gives you that chance to react. What do you mm. recommend to your clients when it comes to like that exact thing opening and closing inventory yeah i think well a weekly would be great 
I would love my clothes to go weekly style tea. Uh, <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which. So I, I, we tend to let the client make that operational decision, and we will deal with the numbers as we as we can deal with them. And that comes down to the uh, schedule of reporting that we have. So we do have a lot of clients on a monthly reporting schedule where they'll come to us at the end of the month, and we'll and we'll break it down for them. I speak weekly with the, with a few clients. Other clients are on a quarterly management report, uh, management reporting system uh, schedule. But whatever your reporting schedule, you want a closing stock position at the end of it. So if you're looking yeah. at those numbers weekly, you, you want a weekly stock take. And if you're doing it monthly, then you're going to need a monthly stock take. I would say monthly is, you know, monthly is probably for most businesses manageable and therefore optimal. Yeah, I think really it comes down to the position. And certainly you'll probably know this as you find the business. And if it is in a position where it's very close to, whether making a loss or, you know, a small profit, that's where you want to be having the more regular absolutely insight into what's going on. And whereas if someone's consistently been producing 10% profit margins, but above even like certainly the quarterly ones would make more sense. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of work that goes into, to having these figures, you know, at whatever interval it comes and absolutely. if you don't need to be doing it, we don't want to be doing it. Absolutely, but it, and it, but it also comes down to control and how much control you need. And if you've got a venue that's super profitable, then you can maybe relax a little bit and say, "Well, look, I'll do this monthly or quarterly." But if you are, if it's if it's on a knife's edge and you're like, "Well, we need to at least break even, and we need to pull the we need to be able to pull levers," then you're going to want much tighter control over those kind of aspects of your business over 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 every aspect of your business. Yeah, and I just want to quickly touch on as well. I know certainly having an EPOS system is is really important. And a lot of small businesses sort of recoil at the investment that is there, you know, when it comes to putting one in, as long mm-hmm. along with, with potential account, you know, accountancy fees as well. But the reality is when it comes to like you're saying, reconciling how much cash is on the premises, that's the time where you can actually identify if you've got an issue potentially if someone's thieving or you know anything like that or that your your cash controls need to be tighter in terms of cash handling that's that's another benefit to having these things in place you identify things early enough to be able to stop them before they become a real problem yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know i think i think you know the the system that we that we use bar tab it's 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 a rolling, it's a monthly fee. So it's not like an EPOS now where it's like, give me 20 grand for the year or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying EPOS now, but EPOS now, I think they charge you annually. Uh, But Bartab, you can do on a month-to-month basis. If you don't like it, you can drop off the contract. It's a very, very cloud-based, it's a cloud-based solution. So you can have it any way you want it. Uh, The real investment is in the time it takes to train people. Uh, That's what, that's what we're finding. And, you know, you're, you know, so we, couple of the business we work for they have a global manager that looks after the sites and they and they're talking to the managers of the site so he knows what he's doing and and you know may and even the owner manager knows what they're doing but the you know you might have different people with different levels of seniority on any one shift and they might not be as great as you are so the time invested in training your staff properly and, and understanding that what has been best practice for you previously on your Excel sheets and your very manual, uh, you know, man- very manual workflows is perhaps not what's best practice now. 
And so you have to perhaps open your mind a little bit and think, okay, I understand that this is different and we need to change things in order to push this data through. Uh, but yeah, the, the time is in, the time is in the investment in the staff, I feel. And again, to, to, to your point, there is certainly an opportunity cost to not spending that money, to not investing the time, to not coming into the cloud and integrating and automating. And that, you know, I think one of the one of the hot topics in the past has been VATs with with venues. You know, the HMRC come in, they audit you. Suddenly, you got a hundred thousand pound bill because you're not doing it, been doing it properly. The business goes pop. Uh, those sorts of systems will completely avoid that problem for you if you're using them properly. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, you do have you do have and you have accountability. I think what's great about those systems is when we're looking at the variances, we can go in and go. So who cashed that one up? Right, Joanna cashed that one up. Right, okay. She's always cashing yeah. them up wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it is, and and it 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 sounds so simple, but it's it's never quite as simple as that. But you are able to it's able to direct you in in a in a direction that warrants further investigation in that case, because whether it's training or whether there's something more malicious going on, it allows it saves you money in the long term. Whereas you could have this issue that rumbles on, where it's a tenner here or a tenner there, for six months or more and it all adds yeah. up to a really significant amount of money absolutely absolutely and the ability to dive in and go so why did that happen is something that they have found fairly invaluable like frustrating at the same time because you're like why have i got this 15 pound variance like what's happening why is there a why is there a 30 pound variance what's happening so you but it but the ability to go in has been really valuable for them and say right i'm going to talk to this person i understand what the cash up says i understand and and i have an operational knowledge which i don't have which is why the conversation is important i have an operational knowledge of what happened at that venue on that night and i know why this is wrong uh, so just make that adjustment adam great wonderful yeah but even down to stuff like, you know, we get a lot, you know, as an accountant, you, you, you would expect us to get a lot of a question. People come in and say, right, I want to pay as little tax as possible. Uh, and you're like, okay, cool. Don't we the all? Best, <laughs> well, yeah. And I say to them, okay, so, and their next question, so what can I put through the company? Well, <laughs> why don't we talk, you know, so why don't we talk about the real way that you yeah. plan for your, and, and create wealth and, and plan your you know your tax savings is you give yourself control and transparency and and vision moving forward and once you have those things once you know what you're making and you know what your free cash flow is and you know what your gps are and and they're consistent and you have control of the business that's the most effective way of creating wealth and saving tax it's not about you know can i put the car through the company and can yeah. i do this and can i do that can i put that can i put my holiday through it's not about rinsing all of the HMRC rules. It's about good financial administration. Yeah, and I'm by no means an advisor when it comes to tax in any way, shape, or form. But my always my sort of little piece or my opinion when it comes to taxes, you never, never skirt the rules, never try and run the grey areas with stuff <laughs> like that because because that's the they're the flags that people will look for and start Absolutely. to you know picking at that seam there may be a bigger tax issue underneath the surface if you know like you say when it comes to vat if you're not running your epos set up right or anything like that but you're bringing attention then to you and your business and what you're doing and people look a lot closer when there's yeah, yeah. things that may or may not really fit in the within the business area of things yeah, particularly upon an exit or, you know, an acquisition Absolutely. or a merger, they're going to get yeah. into it. And then, they, and and if your credibility is sort of 
uh, undermined at various points because you've done this incorrectly and done yeah. that incorrectly, they're going to want you to sign a warranty over that and sign a, an indem- and indemnify them against that. And, it, and then the deal falls apart. Yeah. So, if, but if you've got clarity, vision and transparency, which you get through having a great tech stack that pushes data through, uh, then you'll do, then you'll have uh, very, you know, fewer problems, you'll have, you know, fewer problems. Now, we touched on again earlier about the increasing costs and inflation at the minute, which is it's, it's, a, it's something that a lot of us aren't used to or know about, certainly in my, my generation now, you know, and probably you as well. We're not. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know of this level of. In- <laughs> I didn't mean anything by that, but, you know, <laughs> it's, this is new for a lot of people running businesses. Hmm. What issues are you seeing now? What are people, your clients coming to you with now that they're saying, I need help with this or what can I do about this situation? What sort of things are you seeing? I'm seeing a lot of uncertainty in in the market, not only in our not only in our own space, but in, in lots of other spaces. And I think we talk, you know, you know, you're talking to a lot of people, profits aren't where they aren't where they would expect them to be. There's a lot less movement. Uh there's a lot less movement in in the space. And they've not got the cash they think they should have. So they're constantly looking trying to look forward they're constantly trying to look forward and so one of the one of the things we're getting a lot of requests for is can we have a financial model and can we have a financial plan and those are great things to have uh and then what we will and the way that lymphic gray work is we don't take on ad hoc work so you know we don't take phone calls and somebody says can you do my statutory accounts we'll say no we do the statutory accounts for the clients that we work that we work regularly with uh and so if somebody's asking us for, for, a, for, an, for a model and a forecast, we know that business well already. We will then push that into a third piece of software called Futurely, and we'll map that all out, create really visual dashboards that, that monitor the, the KPIs that drive growth in that business. Uh, and we will track their actuals against that. And so that's one of the things that we have done uh, for a lot of our venues to help protect them against everything that's going on. And it might be, you know, those price increases, they have to get passed on somewhere. And it's about managing that. And do you want to split that? Do you want to share the burden of that between you and the customer base? Or is that not something you can do? Are your margins good enough that you can do that? You know, so that's, you know, we've we've got a, we look after a, it's, it's brand new. It's doing incredibly well. It's a fine dining restaurant in Mayfair, London, and their margins are so high and and that and and the reputation of that so so quickly so good uh that they're not particularly impacted but then you've got we've got other we've got other venues right at the right at the other at the other end of that scale there really is an issue and they really do need to to track those actuals actuals against the budgets and understand what the burden of that is and if it is increasing where it's increasing uh so that's that's principally the things that we do it's like let's have a let's model this out what should your business look like and then what will it look like and what does that mean and are there any gaps in the funding you know so i had i had the conversation with the guy who's got a couple of venues uh up in edinburgh and it was sort of like okay so we looked at the venues individually and then we consolidated the performance of the group in these sheets and it was sort of like okay so we've I don't want to get too into the technical details, but I but I do sort of have a passion for what we're doing. I have a real passion for the way that we're doing working with these businesses because we've done some really clever stuff that speaks to not just their operational knowledge of what they're doing 
and not just how great we are with the tech, but also our understanding of how that business works. Uh, and so we've done some really clever stuff with the break-evens that, that gives them a really, you know, a really nice fixed cost base fairly automatically. And then we can gross that cost base up using GP margins, including other little elements to get to what they need, what they needed to break even in that month, their average one, they need averagely across the year so far to break even and all that type of stuff. And then, so, and then feeding into that, we've built these uh, gross cash burn and these net cash burn cards for them in the reporting software where we look at, okay, well, if you didn't sell another thing, if you didn't sell anything, how long would your money last? Okay, well, you've got three months if you don't sell anything. That's the gross cash. And then we look at the net cash burn and say, given that you're selling and you're making this much money, or on average, you might you, you might be losing this much money, how long have you got, you know, given your current reserves? Yeah. And then and then you can then you can have conversations about seasonality. Well, we're about to we're about to enter a down period. So that looks like you're gonna have a hole. And and do you have enough surpluses to manage those to manage those month to month deficits? And if not, What's the plan? Do we need some funding? You know, funding's no good if you've got profitability issues. Yeah. <laughs> but if you've got cash flow issues, we can do something about that. Yeah. So we can have all of those conversations as part of it. I think it really reinforces the the value of working with an accountant because there's so much, certainly in terms of like it's one thing operating the business, but the planning side, certainly from a financial point of view, you need to have that help, certainly with someone like yourselves to make sure that we're not coming into these stumbling blocks that could cause serious issues. Whereas, like you say, with a little bit of long, longer term planning, we're planning for eventualities or we at least know what the situation would be should something like that come along. So in terms of, I know you guys are in the middle of developing a, a five five tips for hospitality businesses and a bit of a resource. So what sort of tips are you including in that document? It's good. Well, it's first of all, you've got to get in the cloud. You've got to get in the cloud. You've got to get an EPOS system that integrates. You've got to get control of cash on because those are the big money. Whenever we've come to those venues, you end up at the year and you're like, so this says you've got 30 grand on site. Never have 30 grand on site. That's a problem. It's gone somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's either clerical errors or it's money that's actually gone. So that's a problem. So you've got to get control of the cash and you've got to get, not just physical control of it. It's not good enough for the owner to understand what the money is. Yeah. We, the account has, you have to have a partner. You have to like us, you have to have an account. You have to have somebody that actually cares that once you're not one of 600 clients that they're trying to manage and they're going to take three weeks. We have a response time of less than 18 hours on our emails. We shoot loom videos so that you can get in-screen reports. You know, we do those monthly health check calls. You've got to have somebody that that wants that wants that is there to help. Uh, but you've also got to be prepared to invest in that. You've got to realize you've got to stop, you've got to stop seeing that relationship with your accountant as one of cost and a grudge purchase. It's one of investment and return. You they will, a good accountant will save you more money across the year then he costs you. So you've got to be prepared to invest in that. You know, our, the, the guys that we speak to on a weekly basis, they have a group of venues, you know, they're paying us like upwards of £3,000 a month to do that work. So it's not, for them, it's not particularly cheap. Uh, you know, we have other guys paying us, you know, 550 a month to do quarterly reports. So you've got it, which, which might make some venues go, can't afford that. 
what you really can't afford is not to know where you're going. You can't afford to be handed that VAT bill on the last day of the period and then say, that's what you owe and you owe it tomorrow. Well, thanks a lot. You can't afford those kind of things. Or once you've got your, once your year end date is passed, it's too late to do anything about your corporation tax. You need, you need to know what that profitability is looking like at least six months before the year end, the year end closes. So you can say, we're having a great year. I need to make, I need, I'm going to buy some new equipment and get the super deductions. I'm going to, uh, make some pension contributions. I might even change my year end date so so that it aligns with the tax year, so we can make the most out of the nineteen percent corporation tax rate before it changes. There's all those there's all those kinds of things. So you need a really you need somebody that's really going to be there for you, and you need to, you need to be prepared to invest in it. But you also need to move into the cloud and get a tech stack that pushes the data through the pipeline properly. Yeah, it is and like I know you can't overstate. The importance of that and there's no way like like you guys and you'll certainly know like you said there about a good accountant makes you more money than it costs because otherwise you wouldn't be in business and that in itself just demonstrates that that's the case and it's more than just i know a lot of people think when they think of accountancy they just purely think that it's bootkeeping and it really isn't just that is it like you're talking there it's that longer term planning that really gives a business that ability to one be more flexible but as well planning so that you're maximizing or optimizing your tax position come your year end whenever that is it's it is it's not something that is just a a nice to have it i think really and certainly more so now it's something that we really should be having as you know a, a fundamental element of starting a business let alone you know, when we're getting to multi-site, we should be having this from day one, no matter what the size of a business. Yeah, and I think I think it's really when you're going out there and you're looking at people to work with, accountancy, accountancy partners, you really have to look to the the try and understand the culture of that business and how they're working. And don't be afraid to ask the questions like, how are you going to deliver on this? Because if they're making those promises to you, they're you know, they're making them to many other people. So how are they going to deliver on it? I can I could walk you through how we deliver on everything that we say we're going to deliver on. And we've priced it accordingly so that we can absolutely deliver on it. We do not miss a beat. And I'm very, very proud of saying that. Uh, so you really need to understand how they're going to deliver it. And if they're telling you, send me your receipts or send me an Excel sheet or give me your bank statements and we'll prep it for you at the end of the month, you're in the wrong place, like straight out of the gate. Yeah. And one other thing is it makes huge sense to go with someone or a firm that is familiar with hospitality, because I know there's so many out there that will take a hospitality client, but the real value comes with someone who knows what it takes to run a hospitality business. They've worked with multiple clients. And like you said earlier in the conversation, they have, or you have dealt with multiple sites, multiple operators, and you know, there's a variety of experience you've gained from that. And that all comes in to, to benefit and a new client at whatever stage they're at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the, one of the things that I've learned going on, going on this journey with lots of different vendors is that there isn't, it's not a strict, you know, it's not a strict line. I'm the accountant. These are your numbers. You're the operator. Those, you know, those are your numbers do what they do with them, what you want. Like we can each, there is, there is a personal value exchange not just a value exchange in terms of service for fees. You know, I understand this part of what you're doing very, very well. You understand what you're doing very, very well. 
you know let's talk about that and what can what can you what can you offer me as part of this conversation that helps me do this better for you and what can i what can i give to you that helps you understand the importance of x or y and so having that relationship and that collaboration is also i i think been a cornerstone to the fact that we've that we've not only won those clients but we've retained those clients and they have done well for themselves over their time with us yeah it's always a good testimonial that when you've got these long-term clients it's very clear that what you're doing is working for them so how can people find out more about you guys at Linford gray and potentially reach out and get in touch with you yeah uh you can find us on our website which is www.linfordgray.co.uk we're on instagram we're on twitter uh i don't know what those handles are because I've sworn off social media for like the last two or three years. I don't get involved. Oh, I'll leave a link to that uh, in the show notes anyways. Wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I think principally our, our, our website and the website as well, you know, you, we all do like video biogs. So you, you, it's also like you get to know us a little bit on there as well. Yeah. Listen, Alan, thank you so much for coming on. I think it's really right. a lot of food for thought for people to think about if they're not necessarily doing stuff in quite the right way, if they've just been almost fudging it or certainly if they're using an excel spreadsheet it's now time to move away from that and, and use these dedicated cloud-based software that is available and mm -hmm. for relatively small amounts of money as well so there's a lot of things for people to to really think about thank you so much for coming on the cafe hustle no, I really and your time. sharing that experience with us no thank you i really appreciate your time and i hope you know i hope people aren't sat there being like what a load <laughs> i really hope there's some value there for people yeah no absolutely no thank you adam appreciate it thanks very much andy if you're finding you're spending a huge amount of time during the day taken up by staff admin or dealing with the communication with your teams you need to check out road to cloud which will save you time money and a lot of headaches head over to the cafehustle.com forward slash road to cloud to get your free 30-day free trial a really great insight into the accounting side of the business. Now, I know on the podcast, we talk a lot about leadership and, and how we're going to develop our people and we have a purpose and our mission and how we can try and communicate to that to our people. But really, it's not just only about people leadership. It's also about organizational leadership. And that's a really important part of uh, a leader's role and responsibility. And accounting and making sure we know our numbers is a really it's a really significant part of it regardless of the issues that it can cause from a regulatory point of view uh, and a, a company law point of view but we need to make sure that the business is in the right place that we can carry on paying our staff paying our suppliers because then we're adding value to those people as well we're not just bringing it's not just for our own you know as a, an owner it's not just for that dividend at the end of the year we need to know that we can support this amazing thing that we've built and in this case it's a coffee shop or another hospitality business we need to really make sure we're on top of those numbers so one we know where we're wasting things two we can identify if there's any leakages and by that i mean any theft or of either stock or cash but also thirdly it allows us to do other things in the future once we know where our numbers are we know what element of that our income is profit and what can be redirected to new projects and to growing the business so really important to be on top of your numbers it's not just about 
regulatory and accounting side of things. It's a fundamental part of running a business is knowing your numbers and knowing what they are at an early enough point in time so that you can react to them or you can then or use it for developing or growth areas of your business is what i'm trying to say but yeah anyway thank you so much for joining me again on the cafe hustle i hope this is a really useful episode and yeah don't forget if you're in the need of accounting services which i always recommend you have a really top level accountant make sure you check out linford gray and we're going to hopefully have them back on either the podcast, but also once we launch Hustle Together, we will have have Adam come back on and do a few workshops in there as well, we're hoping. So we'll hopefully make that work and, and let you know all about it. But anyway, yeah, thank you again for joining me on the Cafe Hustle and I look forward to welcoming you back on our next episode. <laughs>